The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about some breaking news from the WWE. That's right, the WWE Thunderdome. They've now made their home at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. What does that mean for Raw, SmackDown, and ultimately SummerSlam this Sunday? Also, we talk about Retribution. They were there again on SmackDown, and I'm sure we'll see them tonight on Raw. What's the end game? with Retribution. Also, my power rankings and Mark Henry, our own WWE Hall of Famer, talks about it, argues with Bully and I. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. You know, Bully, as as I also said, this is SummerSlam week. It's crazy. It doesn't feel like SummerSlam week, but it is SummerSlam week, and we're just days away from the second biggest pay-per-view on the WWE calendar. And I I feel like the WWE is kind of in this tough time doing a good job getting you ready. You know, um, there's a lot of matches already confirmed. I'm sure we'll have some other things confirmed as we get closer. You know, we have the go-home show of Monday Night Raw tonight. And we'll see what happens. We also have TakeOver 30 that's taking place this weekend as well. So, Bully, when you look at it, this is a huge weekend for the WWE. And we just got the announcement uh, last week about it taking place in the Amway Center, yep. um, which, I, which I like, and I think that's going to be their home moving forward for a while. Um, but I like this idea that I heard of the Thunderdome. Uh, I guess they're going to have video screens and virtual fans, and when you're in, a, in an arena that big, there's going to be a lot of uh, options for the WWE to make the, the, the show more palatable visually there's going to be a lot more smoke and mirrors to the to SummerSlam and to I guess Raw's and Smackdown's moving forward um and then you're going to get the wrestling in the ring so I think this is going to be a really good move for them and it's going to make the product on TV more appealing 
Whether or not the storylines are more appealing remains to be seen. I mean, the, the question that I threw out there on social media this morning and is, who do you think retribution is? And I, I know we're going to get into that today. I just wanted to hear what the, you know, what the Busted Open Nation thinks. Do you like this retribution angle? Who do you think it is? What do you think's going on? Um, but, I, but getting back to what we talk about, I like the Amway thing, and I think it's going to look cool on TV. Yeah, and Bully, one of the things that we talked about when this whole thing started is that the WWE obviously has a huge production staff. And we thought they would kind of be ahead of the curve when it came to, you know, kind of evolving during this pandemic era. They really didn't get a good start. You know, we talked about how AEW really did a good job with, you know, with the roster being the crowd, being at Daly's Place, you know, nice, nice picturesque, you know, outdoor venue. And I really feel like AEW, when you're watching it at times, you kind of forget that there is no audience because you hear a crowd and it looks big and it's great production, the pyro and everything else. WWE understandably went in a different direction. They have the performance center where they're able to have their production in there, but it does look like they're doing it at the performance center. It looks like they're like doing it at a gym, small gymnasium compared to a big amphitheater like AEW and it felt stale and it looked stale and also Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays in the same venue. It did really hurt the production and I feel hurt the shows of the WWE kind of surprised us because if anybody was able to put on a big spectacle, it would be the WWE. I feel now they finally have the proper venue bully to be able to do that. And Early on, they took a page of AEW by using the roster as an audience. But now, Bully, they're taking a page of the NHL and the NBA, how they're going to present it present it in an arena. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it seems like we're going to get a taste of it on SmackDown on Friday. Not only what SummerSlam is going to look like, but what the WWE is going to look like, at least for the present time. Uh, I think it's fair to say, and I agree with you, that AEW, without a doubt, uh, got the jump start and definitively beat WWE when it came to that crowd uh, in attendance, whether there was just a couple of the boys uh, spattered at ringside or whether it was, um, you know, letting a couple of people back in. AEW has been able to provide an atmosphere that the WWE uh, – has not been able to match. Even with the people that they have there now, I think they're kind of uh, choreographed and scripted. Uh, so AEW definitely won that battle. I don't think it's really fair to say that AEW won the battle when it came to the venue because I think each company went to the first thing that they had available. AEW had Daly's place available because it's I guess it's connected almost connected to where the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars play and Tony Khan had immediate access to it so bang you went right to that and the WWE had the PC in full sale so bang they went right to that. This whole uh, coronavirus situation so fluid you don't know what's going to happen next there's so many rules regulations do this don't do that this guy said well she said and the cdc and the president and your sister's ass you know you just don't know what's going to happen day to day i think wwe probably just got fed up and said let's go for the amway center and maybe the amway center wasn't available maybe they've been trying to get the amway center for months but the amway center just wasn't comfortable and open and ready for business we don't know so I think, listen, 
when you're at war and you're taking heavy fire, you jump into the most the most comfortable foxhole or the foxhole that's most readily available. You sit and you wait it out and you return fire as much as you can. I think AEW and WWE did the best that they could with the venues that they had available. But I think WWE is going to come out swinging at SummerSlam because if, if we know anything about them, their production value, as you said, is off the charts. So they're going to be able to present... Um, I would say WrestleMania type visuals at SummerSlam and maybe even Raw or SmackDown because they got they got to kind of compensate. If you if you don't have the fans there live, and I know they're going to have the virtual fans there, you're going to have to use those smoke and mirrors. You're going to have to compensate, and you're going to have to make your product as palatable to the people at home as possible. Since you don't know how long, how much longer people are going to be at home. That's right. And the WWE released this uh, this morning. And what the WWE is saying that they're bringing is they're bringing the thunder. So this came out this morning from the WWE press release. WWE Thunderdome featuring a state-of-the-art set, video boards, pyrotechnics, lasers, cutting-edge graphics, and drone cameras will take WWE fans' viewing experience to an unprecedented level starting this Friday on Fox, kicking off SummerSlam weekend. So another thing that is going to be interesting as well is that they're saying that the debut of the WWE Thunderdome will take residency, like you said, at the Amway Center in Orlando and virtually bringing fans into the arena via a live video on a massive LED board in conjunction with with the famous group and its proprietary technology for every Monday Night Raw and every Friday Night SmackDown. So that's interesting as well because I don't think NXT is going to be a part of it. So they just set out their schedule for the rest of the month, Bully. So SmackDown will be on Friday at the Amway Center on Fox. Saturday, NXT TakeOver will be at full sale. Sunday, SummerSlam will be at the Amway Center. So moving forward... Raw and SmackDown will be at the Amway Center and NXT will be at full sale. Good. And NXT should be at full sale someplace different because I don't want to see all three products. I want to I want a different feel and I want that smaller feel when it comes to NXT. Like I said, between um, LED boards, uh, lasers, videos, lighting, smoke, mirrors, yada, yada. I think the WWE is going to be able to put on a good television product when it comes to you know, all the bells and whistles. What's the most important part, though? The stories, the characters, and what actually goes on in the ring. So hopefully, it seems like on SmackDown, they're doing a better job with a lot of the, some of the stories that are moving forward. I Listen, last week, we really loved Seth and Dominic. We really loved Randy and Rick. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in between. Coming out of SmackDown, what do I like right now? I really like the direction of Sonya and Mandy. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the with the Fiend and Alexa and Braun. There are a lot of things I'm genuinely interested in, and I hope they keep me interested and give me good payoffs. The major thing is this whole retribution angle. Where is it going? Who is it? And what is the payoff going to be? So hopefully they connect all their dots. They get their ducks in a row. And we're getting the absolute best product we can get. You know, a lot of people, Dave, really, really hammer the WWE every single week. 
Do you not think that they're at least trying to do the absolute best job that they can? I mean, I, I'm sure that they are. I mean, I don't think Vince McMahon goes into a Monday Night Raw and says, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's shit the bed here, guys. Come on. This is, let's put on a terrible show. In his head, he's putting on or presenting the best show that he is trying. Now, listen, Bully, you know this, and, and not only the world of wrestling, but anything where you're trying to be creative. If you have too many hands in the pot, and this could be in, in business as well, if there's too many views, too many opinions, too many cooks in the kitchen, it could go awry. But also at the same time, if there's just one man making a decision and he's not listening to all the people that he's bringing in, that can go in the same direction as well. Listen, I mean, when you look at the WWE, and we've said this a million times, Bully, it's not just about what you see on Monday Night Raw. It's also NXT. It's also SmackDown. It's 205 Live. It's, it, there's a lot going on in the world of the WWE. So, listen, a lot of times what we see on Monday nights aren't great. This past Monday night... I think you would agree, Bully, started off great, ended great, but everything in the middle was kind of like, eh. But I think SmackDown has been, I think the last couple of weeks have been very entertaining, and we love NXT. So I don't really like how people just pigeonhole everything to what you just see on Mondays, and then the WWE sucks because they don't like what they see on a Monday night. It's really easy to jump on that WWE sucks bandwagon and say everything that they do is not good. I can. I have been saying this since day one. 99.9% of the time, it's not the fault of the wrestlers because the wrestlers are doing the absolute best that they can with the material they are being given. WWE wrestlers are amongst the top uh, performers, workers, athletes, whatever you want to call them, in the world, top of the food chain. Yes, there are a lot of great wrestlers in other companies, but in the WWE, you're supposed to be the best of the best. And you would like to think that the best of the best are being handed material that is befitting of the best of the best. Sometimes we just don't get that. Sometimes, Dave, me and you sit on this show, and within minutes, we come up with things that we think are a better story, the nation agrees are a better story, or at least come up with a, an idea that would have worked better on an, any given night. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully with the rearranging that they did a couple of months ago with people that were in creative that are no longer in creative, um, they can start getting a lot more fluid in a good direction and giving us the level of entertainment that, you know, that we want. It does seem... And I read this on social media from fans, and I've heard enough fans say it where it, it seems like they're getting away with the catering to the younger audience and more into a PG-14 type of storytelling scenario. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. So, fingers crossed, saying my prayers, let's go to this week's quintessential Dave LaGreca Power Rankings.
Oh my God. Somebody call that kid <laughs> Matthew from Botchamania. <laughs> So it's only fitting that we change along with it, even our rankings. It's amazing how these people just side with you. Welcome to the new and improved Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Let's see who's up. Yes! Yes! And who's down. No! From Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and the rest of the world of pro wrestling in this week's Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Well, so much for saying my prayers. Let's get into the power rankings this week. And Bully, extremely strong core of wrestlers for our power rankings. Honest to God, there's legit four wrestlers where you can make the case they could be number one. And at number five, let's go back to Wednesdays like we normally do, and NXT with my number five. Grimes for the ring. There's nowhere for Dream oh, to go. Grimes with the cave The opportunist. Cameron Grimes delivers the cave And you have Cameron Grimes, somebody that you've been very, very high on. But what a showcase. On Wednesday, returning Velveteen Dream, Kushida, and Cameron Grimes comes out with the win. This is somebody that they're pushing heavy on NXT and at number five, Cameron Grimes. Like I said, for the next four, Bully, if you want to make the case, hey, four should be your one, three should be your one, two should be your one, one should obviously be the one. I can't argue with you. And at number four, we go back to Monday Night Raw. The Ric Flair that I know and looked up to wouldn't have slipped into a coma two summers ago. The Ric Flair that I always looked up to for years and years and years. He wasn't a whore for the spotlight like you are. Man, what a segment on Raw this past Monday. And it gets you ready for what we're going to see coming up on Sunday SummerSlam. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre for that WWE Championship. Not only what's going to happen at Summer, what's going to happen tonight with Randy Orton because we're going to get into this a little bit later. Shawn Michaels is going to be on Raw tonight. At number three, we also go back to Monday Night Raw and the beginning of Monday Night Raw. Hi, Dad. You watching at home, Papa Ray? Huh? You watching at home? Big Ray. At number three, Dominic Mysterio. The beating that he took on TV, on Raw, is one thing. But what he was able to do, Bully, in a big way, in a very big way, is get me emotionally invested in a matchup that I wasn't. And also getting me emotionally invested in not only Dominic, but also Seth Rollins. I thought that was some of the best work from Seth Rollins. And Dominic was able to get that out. And I have Dominic Mysterio at number three. And at number two, we go back to Wednesday in AEW. And the biggest win of this man's career. Rolls him up. Got himself a mousetrap there. He's got a mousetrap. Oh, he won it. What the hell just happened? It's oh, a this match. Freshly squeezed. Orange. Cassidy. Orange Cassidy has finally beat Chris Jericho. It's the biggest win in his career, JR. 
And as Tony Schiavone said, just like I said, biggest win of his career. But not only that, Bully, you know, you don't just look at Orange Cassidy as a gimmick anymore. On the main event, on AEW Dynamite, he gets the win. And he beats, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer like Chris Jericho, Orange Cassidy, at number two. And my number one, you have to look at multiple shows. You have to look at Raw, and you have to look at SmackDown for my number one. And that's right, going into SummerSlam, Asuka's not only the number one contender for Sasha Banks' title now, but also Bayley's title, that SmackDown title as well. Man, what a big week for Asuka. So my power rankings for this week, Bully, at number five, Cameron Grimes. At number four, Randy Orton. At number three, Dominic Mysterio. At number two, Orange Cassidy. And at number one, Asuka and Bully. I think you can interchange this any way that you want because you can make the case for Randy, Dominic, or Orange Cassidy being number one as well. Real strong week in pro wrestling. I would never put Randy at number one this week. I would never put Dominic at number one this week. Um, I could see how people might want to put Orange Cassidy at number one. But because the finish came off a little lackluster, I wouldn't do it. But I want to ask you why you have Dominic at three and not Seth. The reason I have Dominic, first, the beating that he took. Now, I understand that Seth gave it to him. But to see Dominic, and, and listen, a lot of people are saying, Dominic, you know, what can he do? Is he riding on his father's coattails into a match at SummerSlam? But to take that beating like he did on national TV, take it like a man, and really, because of that beating, get me emotionally invested, and not only get emotionally invested in the match, but I look at Seth Rollins, and now I really want to see Dominic win this match at SummerSlam. That's the reason why I had Dominic at number three. But what did Dominic do that was powerful? Taking that beating. Taking that beating, Bully. So wouldn't it be safe to say that maybe the segment of Seth and Dominic should be in there? Because it's really Seth doing the powerful thing of inflicting the pain. You know what, Bully? If you want to do it as a combination of the segment of both Seth and Dominic, because I can't argue with you, Seth was fantastic on the microphone on Monday. I I think you would agree. That was the best that we saw of the quote-unquote Monday Night Messiah is what we saw. But man, Dominic, I I, I just look at Dominic in a completely different way now. The way I looked at Dominic before that Raw and the way I look at him now. Now, Bully, if you want to say that was because of Seth, I understand it. And that kendo stick. But man, kudos to Dominic for taking that beating. Whenever I try to put two people in a, in a certain position, you always bitch, moan, and complain about it because you say it's not fair or whatever wonky reason you came up with. I'm going to allow it because I know why you want to put Dominic at three because of his powerful performance, but Seth's performance was as just as powerful. Dominic got his ass kicked really well, but it was Seth doing the ass kicking. However, that's not my major gripe with the rankings. I like your names on the list. I just don't like your order. Grimes? belongs way higher 
Grimes winning that main event belongs at number three. Seth and Dominic was a segment and an angle. Randy Orton was a promo. Grimes actually has a victory. Grimes goes to number three, and then you can interchange Randy and Seth at, at, at uh, th- I would say Grimes at three, Seth and Dominic at four, Randy at five. Um, what do you think about Asuka at one? I, I can deal with that. She's got to, she's got to, I mean, you, you look at Orange Cassidy, he beat the current champion. That, it was, it was a win. I can't say it was a strong win because at the end, yes, he got the one, two, three, but that one, two, three, it was a little wonky. A little wonky. It was what it was, was what it was, but things happened. Well, not going to harp on that, but uh, that uh, Oscar at number one, I can deal with. And I'm wondering what's going to happen at SummerSlam with Asuka. Because, you know, we've talked so much about Bailey and Sasha, but this is Asuka's time to shine on Sunday at SummerSlam. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with Asuka. And also, too, when you look at the women's division, and we've been mentioning Charlotte. We don't know when Charlotte's going to be back. You know, we talk about a lot about Randy Orton. This women's division now that Charlotte has been away for a little while has really gotten strong. And Sasha, you know, uh, Asuka, after that loss to Charlotte at WrestleMania in New Orleans, this is really a time for her to get right back where she was before that loss to Charlotte at WrestleMania 34. So watch this. I'm going to make a case for Charlotte versus Randy being the absolute best way to go. So be honest with every answer you give me. Who is the woman that took out Charlotte Flair and put her on the shelf? It was Nia. Do you want to see Charlotte come back and beat Nia? No. Do you want to see Charlotte versus Sasha right now? Yes. But why? Just because I think Sasha in this time while Charlotte's been away has really gone to that you know next plateau in the division. But the minute you bring Charlotte back, women like Sasha, Bailey, Asuka now take an immediate back seat to the returning Charlotte. You just said the women's division is doing so well. Let's leave those women in the women's division who are doing so well alone. Let's let them flourish. Let's let them shine. Let's let them have the opportunities to get to the level of a Charlotte, not with the, their ability in the ring, but their abilities to get over and be the top female in the company. If you bring Charlotte back and put her in the women's division, you're taking three or four women and immediately putting them on the back burner. Charlotte becomes the star of the show again. I don't want her to be the star of the women's division. I want Charlotte to be the star of an angle, a storyline, and a feud that makes me want to see Charlotte win. I don't want to be like, ugh, Charlotte is back. I want to be like, yes, Charlotte is back. And Charlotte coming to right the wrongs of what Randy Orton did to her father is the way to go. And there's there's been a lot of talk on social media lately about intergender wrestling. I've gone on the record a long time ago, and I said I have always been a fan of it when you have the right woman, 
the right man, the right characters, and the right story. You can make anything believable. There's no reason why. Now, yes, when you have uh, the likes of a uh, of a Jordan Grace power bombing a Brian Cage or doing a tilt a whirl spot with a bat Brian Cage, or when you have a Tessa Blanchard getting offense in on that uh, seven foot guy that was hanging out with. Uh, with um Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. That's a that I I can't buy into that because it's beyond the realm of believability. Now it becomes acrobatics for the sake of acrobatics and the and the sake of a spot for a spot. But if you have the right woman and the right man in the right situation and you set it up the right way, what you do right before and what you do right after, it can work and has worked and will work. China versus Jarrett. China versus Jericho. Did it work? It worked. This is on a different level, though. But, what I, but at the I same just want to know if it, 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 it definitely worked. It definitely that's worked. All it, that's it. And if it worked then, because was China the was China the right woman then? Yes. And you're going to tell me Charlotte's not the right woman now? In the ring, Charlotte is light years ahead of what China was. God rest her soul and her ability and the phenomenal run she had. Charlotte and Randy is money. Trust me. The experts of MLB Network Radio. Watch how you're landing if you're pitching. You're not in line. So now you're losing power. You're losing strength. Ryan Spielborgs. You're going to have arm side run. You're not going to be as accurate. You're going to lose power. You're going to lose velocity. That's where we're at. It's no longer a field. Now we can actually take data from force plates that can show you you're costing yourself energy. Baseball talk at the next level. MLB Network Radio. Sirius 209 XM 89 and on the Sirius XM app. Bully, we got a lot of Nation members that want to join in on the conversation. We're going to go right to the Nation because this man is a part of the Nation. He's also a host on this show. He's also a Hall of Famer. He's also the world's strongest man. I had uh, a great time working with him on Saturday. He did a phenomenal job with his youth uh, coach seminar this past Saturday. And Let's go out to him. The man, the myth, the legend, and that is Mark Henry. Mark why the phone call this morning, my friend? Listen, I, I you know I listen to the show because, one, I, I value your opinions, but also I have to let you know if I disagree with something. And um, when y'all did the top five and you mentioned the fact that uh, Randy's segment should be five, Randy, Ric Flair, and Drew McIntyre should be five, I thought that was ridiculous. Because the whole point is to have people that are over that draw money. That's what the whole purpose of the business is, is to have somebody garner the attention of the masses in pro wrestling, regardless of whether or not it was a match or not. It was the best segment in pro wrestling, period. End of story, because you have three well, two guaranteed Hall of Famers. And then you have Drew McIntyre, who is on his way to being one of those guys in the conversation because of his lineage. And I can't sit here and listen to that and go, oh, I'm going to just let that go over the bow of the boat. So I have to uh, say that, yeah, Drew McIntyre, Ric Flair, uh, and Randy Orton, that promo segment was number one. 
All right. First of all, like I had Randy at four, Mark, not at five. I had him at four. And the other thing too is it's if you were going to say the best segments of the week in in pro wrestling, you can make the case that was the best segment. Though I'm you could there could be an argument for Seth and Dominic in that. But it's the power rankings as far as the wrestlers. Now, if you want to say Randy Orton was number one, like I said, Mark, you can make a case for anybody on my rankings this week. And you thinking Randy Orton was number one in my power rankings? Like I said, I can't argue with you. Though Asuka being now the number one contender for both titles because of what she did on Raw and she would what she did on SmackDown, it's hard for me to not put Asuka at number one. You know what? I, I I value Oscar. I told you this. I'm more entertained by Oscar than probably anybody in wrestling. She, I think she's hilarious. I think she's tough. I think that everything she does makes sense. Uh, Cameron Grimes is, is climbing my ladder of being a great entertainer, too. But the, the thing with Randy, if they had fisticuffs, if they had something that was related to a fight, like where him and Drew uh, actually touched. Would that have changed your mind, Denny? No. I, I, I thought it was perfect the way that it was. But now, and Bully, you know, I want to get your opinion too as, as well as Mark's. Is there times that we kind of take Randy Orton for granted? Like, you know, I have Cameron I have Cameron Grimes at number five. Why? Because it's like, wow, Cameron Grimes is really showing me something. Orange Cassidy at two. Why? Because Orange Cassidy beat Chris Jericho, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're like, wow, this is the, the win of his career. Is Randy Orton, are we used to Randy Orton just, you know, being gold each and every time he's on our TV screen? Well, listen, Randy is gold each and every time that he's on the TV screen, and that doesn't mean that he should not be number one every time that that number one spot is earned. You came up with these power rankings. I look at the power rankings traditionally as if it was a pro football power rankings or a sporting event power rankings, meaning wins, actual victories, to me, will always score higher. I can make an argument for Cameron Grimes being number one on the power rankings this week because this was the biggest win of his career. What Randy did in the ring with, with Rick and with Drew was, was great. But I think Asuka having a shot at two championships this Sunday is a, a more credible uh, uh, victory in the power rankings. That, that's that's the way I look at it. I didn't set the rules on the power rankings. You did. I look at them in a traditional way. Was it a powerful performance by Randy, Rick, and Drew? Absolutely. Was it a powerful segment? Absolutely. But I got to tell you, Seth and Dominic were just as powerful as Randy and Rick. And yeah, Randy's a Hall of Famer, and Rick's a Hall of Famer, and Drew's a future Hall of Famer. Well, the 23-year-old kid did a Hall of Fame-type job sucking up that abuse the other night. That's and that's what, and, and I, that's I can't what argue with that. I can't argue with the fact that the performance was great, but the performance with Randy and Rick was greater. And the reason that I say that is because I forgot that it was wrestling. And I was mad as hell, 
and I wanted to go to the airport, buy a plane ticket, go to St. Louis, and kick Randy's ass. Because when he commented and said that I, I'm the son you never had, all that been into my mind was the fact that Rick has two sons, and one of them passed away. And you're going to stand there to this man's face and, 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 and belittle the fact that he didn't have a son like him. I was pissed. And I was emotional about it. And I, it made me text Rick and say, hey, man, I'm thinking about you right now because I know what, you're, what you felt. And he, was, he texted me back. He said, hey, man, I love you too, man. He's like, it's all in the work. And I'm like, he can he can make he can put it into a small capsule and swallow that because he's a supreme worker. When Randy said, "Oh, you're gonna cry," Rick is an emotional guy like I am. He could have just started crying right then, but he didn't. He held it and waited to the right moment in order for him to shed a tear. It's control. That stuff that you cannot just manufacture. And I love the whole story with Oscar and her having two matches, and I hope she wins them both. And I know you're not a fan of the double champion or losing one in one match and not having to lose both titles. But I tell you this, nothing was remotely close to the emotional investment that I had watching Randy and Rick work. And it's hard, guys, to not think this is a wrestling show. But Randy and, and Rick did that to me. And I'm not easily swayed one way or the other because I'm always analyzing rather than just enjoying. But I could not completely enjoy because of how pissed I was at what was said, and it took me out of wrestling and put me in an emotional place where I wanted to fight somebody. And that's why they should have been number one. And this resonated with you, Mark, because you just mentioned something that was extremely relatable. You said that Rick is a crier and you're a crier. So they did a great job of striking a nerve with you and the wrestling fan in you. But what if I was to tell you this? What if I were to tell you that more people cheered for Randy Orton nutshotting Ric Flair than they did for Seth caning Dominic? There are a lot of Randy fans out there that no matter what Randy Orton says, they're going to love Randy. And they'll probably look at Rick as old yeller and Randy's taking him out to pasture no matter what he said. Seth beat the shit out of a 23-year-old kid. So when I look at both of these, you have told me and explained to me why it resonated with you so much. And I completely understand it. But when it comes to powerful performances, I look at those two segments on the same level. I understand your love and admiration for all of the guys in the ring and the Randy segment. I totally get it. 
I'm going to take my love and admiration for all of these people out of it and look at it with what resonated the most. I want to see Dominic kick the shit out of Seth Rollins and give him back. Amen. Okay. I don't want to see Drew McIntyre beat up Randy Orton. As a matter of fact, I could give a shit less about Drew McIntyre right now. I want to see Charlotte come back. I could dig it, but I'm, I'm just saying the reason you, you said the reason um, that Randy Orton got cheered. Randy is in the same rarefied air with Chris Jericho. He's in the same rarefied air as the Stone Cold Steve Austin. There were times where Bret Hart, some looked at him as a babyface, but he still got cheered and booed when he was a bad guy, it, it, or, or vice versa. When he was a bad guy, he still got cheered because he was Bret freaking Hart. And, and, and when you get guys like them, they transcend the spot that they're in, whether it's at the top of the card, mid-card, or they're opening the show. It's because they are who they are. And the same, but the deal with Randy getting, we talk about this with Chris Jericho every week. Every week, he gets cheered, regardless of whether he's the fool or the, or the victor. And Orange Cassidy is getting, man, a shot in the arm just being in the ring with Chris. Nevertheless, getting a win over Chris. But I tell you, in that whole saga, Chris played around, joked around, and played the fool. And he got his ass beat. But now, the next time they meet, Chris is going to whoop a hole, I mean, going to stomp a mud hole in him. Because he's not going to play around, and he's going to say, I took you lightly, I played around, you got to win, now I put you in your place. And he'll be back to being the evil monster Chris that he that he's supposed to be, even though everybody still loves and respects and likes his work. This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie Maguire. One of my great mates, Russell Crowe. They got Jennifer Aniston to read out a piece about the bushfires, and then that inspired you know other people presenting like Kate Blanchett and everything to also bring it up. You can sort of see in the way money started to flow in after that to our different various fire services. Catch new episodes Thursdays at. 6 p.m. Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant or however you stream in the house. When you talk about common threads, the one common thread, not on NXT, but certainly on Raw and SmackDown is retribution. We got another chapter to the story. I got to be honest with you. I'm glad that they're kind of shaking things up a bit, doing it with retribution, doing it with Raw Underground. I think we saw one of those shows on Friday with SmackDown where it's like, all right, where are we going with this? Who's involved and what's this about? I want to now know more than ever based on what we saw on Friday, Bully. So there's, uh, I put out a question today on the old Twitter machine. Who do you think retribution is? A lot of people are answering the question, but they're also giving their take on retribution. It seems like a lot of people are just blah to the whole retribution thing. 
If I had the pencil, I would be doing the retribution angle completely different. I would never acknowledge them. I would never acknowledge their name. I would never give them video packages. I would treat them as true um, rebels with a cause or at least a cause in their mind. To me, retribution would be disgruntled former wrestlers or disgruntled wrestlers who never made it. If you take a look at Retribution, a lot of people are comparing it to what Antifa looks like in very real life. If you take a look what's going on in the streets in certain cities, uh, men and women dressed up in black, causing disruption, violence, fighting, um, and what is retribution? Men and women dressed in black, disrupting, fighting, violence for the sake of violence. Um, uh, I guess people in Antifa feel that the government has wronged them, thus they have to stand up to them. That's what retribution prob could probably be. Wrestlers from different... Um, with different points of view that all lead to the same common thread as they want retribution on the WWE because they felt that they were wronged. Maybe a wrestler who had gotten a tryout and it didn't go the right way and they got told, you know, keep, keep working on yourself and come back. Or maybe somebody that let, got let go. Creative has nothing for you. All coming together for a common cause. The reveal has to be off the charts. If the reveal is not off the charts, retribution is dead in the water. And every single one of those people in uh, under those hoods has to mean something. And they all have to be on the same page at the same time. That's the way I that's the way I'm looking at this. I, I don't like the fact that they have acknowledged who retribution is. That just tells me, all right, it's a part of your show, part yada, of show. yada. I don't want to look at a group like retribution as part of the show. I want to look at this as an outside entity that is disrupting, just like Antifa is disrupting people's lives. I want to see retribution disrupt the WWE. Again, I got to tell you, I'm, I, I, I told you before, I'm not a big fan of the, the Molotov cocktails. Um, one of the words that we were talking about before the show weren't on the air is guns had mentioned with the WWE being so um, uh, aware of optics, the optics of things. This retribution thing is very similar to what we're seeing on the six o'clock news and some of the worst things that are going on in our country. I don't like to see some of those things on the screen sometimes like I can deal with the Jeff Hardy, um, you know, alcohol problem a lot more than the Antifa retribution situation because that situation is really hurting our country, and I don't think I want to turn to wrestling for that, but I'll take my personal feelings out of it, and I'll just say from a creative point of view, I would have went in a different direction. All right, so, Bully, when you look at what we're seeing, because we're seeing it full-blown, I have to agree with this with, with when it comes to what you're saying about retribution as far as, like, the acknowledgement of it. You know, like we talked about before, fan runs onto a field. They used to you know, show the fan, but now because it's, it causes such a disruption, they don't, and they don't acknowledge, they don't talk about it. Commentators don't talk about it. And the cameraman doesn't follow the fan that runs on the field. Not only have they named them, you know, retribution, but they, they've also been showing video packages of what they've been doing. Why right there. You're saying that they're a part of the show and you're actually having production people 
putting some of the highlights of retribution and making a video package of it. That is terrible. Horrible job by the WWE. If this is really an outside faction and they're anti-WWE and they're trying to ruin your show, you're going to make video packages of what they're doing and show it on Raw and SmackDown? Really bad job by the WWE if you want the fans to buy into this. Now, on Friday, they went into the locker room. They spray-painted WWE with the big, you know, they and they crossed out WWE. So they're big anti-WWE. But a couple of things that got me worried. I said it last week with Morrison. When the lights were, when they're having a problem with the microphone, Morrison said, wait, a retribution. They're not scheduled to be here. They're, they're, they're only disrupting Raw. Well, you know, they're not welcome to be here on SmackDown. Shouldn't be acknowledging retribution. Shouldn't be joking about retribution. There should be a little fear about retribution. Now you fast forward to this past Friday, bully. What happened? Morrison and Big E get attacked by retribution. Miz comes out. He's on the phone. He's like, hey, sorry, guys. I would have gotten involved, but I was on the phone with Maurice. Now people are thinking, wait, is Miz involved in this? And then, I know, a couple of weeks late, but they actually got security to come out and protect the wrestlers and protect the wrestlers as they're coming to the ring and have people outside while the matches are taking place. And the secu- Sheamus goes over to security and says, guys, we don't need you. You could go. Right there, you're thinking, all right, is Sheamus involved in retribution? If you're really going to have a storyline here, the last people you want involved, Bully, is The Miz and Sheamus. Because why would they want retribution on the WWE? Okay, pull a story out of your ass real quick. You tell me why they would want retribution. How has the WWE wronged The Miz or Sheamus? They haven't. They really haven't. Who has the WWE wronged? Uh, if you want to go some realism, CM Punk. They've wronged CM Punk. You know, they've wronged, like you said, you know, a lot of the wrestlers that were just during. The Wait a minute. Time out. How did the WWE wrong CM Punk? Well, well, it doesn't matter what I think. CM Punk feels like he's okay. wrong by the WWE. Okay, I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah. Okay, because it's how the, the, the individual feels. Okay. Yes, and and then like all those wrestlers, like, you know, like a Heath Slater or Zack Ryder that were let go, you know, they probably feel like, hey, you wronged me by letting me go. So there could be a cool storyline with Retribution, but I feel like they've gone about it the long way, the wrong way, because... First of all, I, I say it a long way because we've gone now a long time without really knowing why they're there and what the end game is. They keep saying, Cole and Graves keep saying, what's the end game? Why are they here? We need to know why. Why are they saying that? They should not be talking about retribution at all. And again, the video pack, they actually showed a video package on SmackDown of the highlights of retribution. If you want us as fans to buy in that this is some rogue group that's trying to take over the WWE or, you know, demolish the performance center or so anti WWE, are you actually going to put a camera on the, them taking the WWE symbol and putting an extra it? No, it's the last thing you would do. What did Mark Henry just say about the angle with uh, Flair and Randy Orton? They made him forget. They made him forget so much that he felt the need to pick up the phone and call Ric Flair to see how Rick was doing. He wants to see Randy Orton get his ass kicked. They suspended his disbelief. 
once you start doing all the things that you just described with retribution, you remind me of what I know already. Listen, if it's on my TV screen, I get it. It's part of your show. I get it. Don't remind me if you're part of your show. Let me take my mind someplace. Let me scratch my head and go, holy, holy crap. You know, they don't, they shoot it weird. They really don't talk about it. They don't acknowledge it. They're not treating this the same way they treat everybody else. Dave, we're watching a, a Major League Baseball game. I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but we're watching an MLB game. It's the bottom of the sixth. Uh, runners on first and second. Uh, we got two strikes on the batter. And all of a sudden, a streaker starts streaking from left field to right field. What do the cameramen do? Nothing. They keep their, they keep their cameras on the pitcher and the catcher and the batter. They don't show you the streaker. They don't show you the person who's trying to get on the field. They don't show you that at all. They stay away from it. And when they stay away from it, you know what I'm always saying to myself? Oh, boy, I wish they just showed me real quick what's going on over there. It creates intrigue. The more you don't talk about it, the more you stay away from it, the more intrigue that there is. I would have stayed away from retribution completely, and I would only pepper something in and then when i did pepper something in like let's just say if it was michael cole or graves right let's say graves by said on the air ladies and gentlemen we're, we're really sorry blah 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 we, we don't know who these people are um i did get word the other day that they were referring to themselves as retribution and all of a sudden wwe went straight to a commercial Straight to a commercial. And then when they got back from a commercial, Vince McMahon was at the announce table. And all the camera did was shoot from behind and Vince is reaming Corey Graves. Don't say a word. Don't say a f And then Vince just walks away. If you want people to buy in, you need to create chaos and confusion. You need to create uncomfortable scenarios. You need to create scenarios on that television that has people going, wait a minute. This is not the way that WWE normally handles stuff. This is weird. Is this, is this real? And bang, right there, right there, that split second in time when you can get a fan to say to themselves, what's going on here? You got them. And if you can get them for a split second, you can get them for a split minute. And if you get it for a split minute, you can get them for a day and for a day, for a week and a week, for a month. Trust me, it can be done. And you know what, Bully? It's been done in the in the world of the WWE. Think about like the Nexus. The, uh, you know, we were on the air that next day when that took place, and people really didn't know. Did you think it was part of the show? Yeah, but you weren't a hundred percent sure. When you see Justin Roberts being choked out with his own tie and his face is purple because he's actually choking. You're like, wait a second. I think it's part of the show, but holy shit, did they really knock me on my ass? I'm not 100% sure. The 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 uh, CM Punk pipe bomb promo. Did we think it was part of the show? Probably, but we were 100% sure? Absolutely not. And what did the WWE do? They cut out Punk's microphone, and then they just cut. They just cut Punk. And then it was like 30 seconds of just darkness because they cut it early. The show wasn't over yet. So there was like darkness 
before the next. There was no little. There was no little symbol in the corner to let you know that the show was over. So you're and to like, this Wait day. And to this day, people think it was a shoot. Yep. And he did things that were very un WWE. He mentioned he mentioned Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was wasn't with the company. He mentioned Colt Cabana. He mentioned New Japan. He mentioned Ring of Honor. So you're thinking, holy shit! And then when did they when did they cut? They, he started talking about the charities that the WWE does, and then all of a sudden they cut off his microphone because the WWE is very proud of what they do with their charities. So you could understand them cutting the microphone at that point. And, and when you look at the Nexus, look at the camera angles, look at how like a camera fell to the ground and then you saw it from the ground level. What are you seeing now? They're doing the jumping like they do like in an actual match. Like it's very produced. That shit. It, you're almost at the point where when they come out, they have a graphic underneath saying retribution. When they come out, might as well, because you know, there is nobody that's going to call in today, Bully, saying, I think retribution is real. I think it's a group of wrestlers that were fired and are now vandalizing the performance. We're not going to get one phone call from anybody thinking, hey, I'm not really sure if this is real or not. Everybody knows that it's part of the show. You know, when they came in with the chainsaw and they cut the ropes? Yes. I kind of like that visual. I did. Why'd they stop there? They should have cut all the ropes. They should have cut the, the ties of the mat. They should have ripped the ring mat completely off. They should have took every board off the ring. They should have thrown away that one-inch thick, thin piece of foam. They should have started popping out all the steel. They should have destroyed the whole ring. Have you ever seen an entire ring destroyed on national television? No. You've seen the ring collapse with like Mark yeah, Henry yeah, and the big show and stuff like that. But not somebody coming with a chainsaw and cutting destroy the wood. Destroy the whole ring. If you got enough retribution people out there, destroy it all. I've seen spray paint before. I've seen people get beat up before. I've seen a person get put through tables. I ain't never seen the chainsaw before. Yeah, chainsaw Charlie, I get it, but it's completely different. If you're going to do it, do it. Go all the way. My vision of pro wrestling goes all the way, and it is the most believable stuff that you will see on TV because it mimics reality. And just like you brought up about Punk, when Punk mentioned um, Ring of Honor, or Punk mentioned Cabana, or Punk mentioned Brock, you're like, whoa. Wait, wait, the WWE doesn't let people talk like, is this real? Yep. Bang. Yep. Right then and there, you got him. It's like a magician, right? You know the magician is doing magic. It's sleight of hand. But when the, when the, mat, when the, the trick is over, you're like, wait a minute. How did you? No, no way. You had to. Did that thing really disappear? Well, why are you even saying that out loud? You know nothing really disappeared, you schmuck. But he got you. And that's the beauty of it. Right now, I see a lot of things that are very tame. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, even recently with Drake Maverick, like people weren't sure, you know, 
Did he get, did he get let go? Did he not get let go? Like this was, you know, like there was some doubt there, bully. There was a little bit of doubt. There's no doubt here. I mean, when you have John Morrison making a joke about retribution in the ring, I'm sorry, you you killed it right there. It was dead in the water right in that moment. Because if you wanted to make it seem real, are you going to have John Morrison, of all people, making a joke about it in a segment with The Miz? Come on now. Now you screwed it up. Now you completely screwed it up. And what did they do? What did what did the Nexus do? It was John Cena and CM Punk. It was your two biggest guys in the ring. Dave, uh, one day in ECW, uh, my friend Spencer, he's a good friend of Rich Ward from uh, Stuck Mojo and now with Fozzie. I put my friend Spencer in the front row. And I dragged him over the guardrail. And I punched him straight in the eye. And I bloodied up his eye. And nobody knew about it except me and Spencer. Never told the story before. Now everybody knows. And people shit themselves. Because it felt so real. You know why it felt so real? Because it was real. And when you don't make something seem like it's a normal part of a show, you get people taking a step back physically and mentally and going, oh, my God, I'm seeing something real. I'm seeing something different. This is not supposed to happen. I have to see what happens next. Now, I'm intrigued to see where they go with retribution, but I think I'm more intrigued because I'm hoping they don't screw it up, not because I'm genuinely genuinely interested. And these people have to have a legitimate gripe. And I'm sure the WWE is not going to botch that. I, I, I really hope these people in their mind have to have a gripe. And the only people that would have a gripe are the people that have been let go or the people who feel like they were never given a fair opportunity by the WWE. You know what I would have these people spray painting on the walls? Don't spray paint WWE with an X through it. That's 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 cliche. I would have them spray spray paint the letters C H N F Y C H N F Y. You know what that stands for? What? Creative has nothing for you. That's the line that they use, right? Yep. Creative has nothing for you. You ask just about everybody that's been let go or never given an opportunity. What's like? Not everybody hears this, but a lot of people here. Creative has nothing for you. Well, if creative has nothing for us, we're going to make something for us. There's your story. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.